In this week's episode, Genesis Fisher, founder and principal attorney at Fisher Law Practice, and I will chat about how Shopify handled layoffs, Pottery Barn's inclusive line, the latest apprentices, and more. Hey there, my name is Bernadette Smith. Welcome to Five Things in 15 Minutes, my weekly show where I bring good vibes to DEI. That is good vibes to diversity, equity, and inclusion with a little dash of corporate social responsibility. What I've found is that there are lots of news stories about what's going wrong in the world and lots of negative data, but there are also a lot of things going right. That's what I like to focus on. I search for DEI stories that we can be inspired by and learn from. My hope is to inspire you to experiment with some of these inclusive actions and policies within your own organization to help you build a more inclusive world. Let's get started. Genesis, will you please introduce yourself? Yes. Hi. Thank you so much, Bernadette. I'm, I'm so happy to be here and to, um, to talk to all of you. I am a conflict resolver and a professor at New York Law School. And as a conflict resolver, what I do is I help businesses and families, uh, we, including my team, resolve conflict and, and help people communicate better and learn from one another and find solutions together. That's awesome. Do you want to share a little bit about your background and yeah, of course, of course. My, I'm an attorney by training. Uh, I started out doing civil rights work at the Southern Poverty Law Center. I was a public defender in New York for eight years. And um, I was at this crossroads where I was trying to figure out what to do next. And just this random encounter on the street, um, I walked in between some arguing people and help them figure figure out solutions. And I was like, oh my God, I think I want to be a mediator. And it launched an entire new career trajectory. And I've been doing it now for about seven years. And I love it. And especially with what's going on in the world, it's a great place to be. That's, I actually, you know, I've known you for a while now, but I did not know that's how you had your, your lightning bulb moment about your business trajectory. That's really cool, actually. Thanks. So um, can you share some of the, like, what, what you see as sort of the relationship between conflict resolution and diversity, equity, and inclusion? Where do they, where do they meet there? Sure. I mean, it's, it's, it's interesting. Conflict resolvers love conflict. Mediators love conflict because there are opportunities for growth. There are opportunities to get more information out there. There's so many opportunities that come from conflict. That's how the world changes. And so with, with DEI, it's great that there's more universal support and acceptance that this is important for all of us to be on board for. But part of the, the nexus with conflict resolution is making sure that the right people are at the table who are, you know, developing policies and procedures and, and putting, putting things into action and making sure that people have a voice to really share what the needs are so that people aren't developing approaches and solutions that don't really fit the needs. And the needs are very specific depending on the business or the industry. I mean, and so just as, just as the needs of every individual is unique, right? So it's all about you know, each individuality. And that's sort of a core part of DEI. 
Of course, of course. And just even thinking about, you know, it, it, at least from my perspective in the legal field, what we often, we, we're often, we often get involved when something has happened, there's been an incident, and how people resolve that incident is going to be very different for each person. Some people want an apology, some people want a policy change, some people want to just be moved and forget about it. But you have to be able to give people the space to articulate what those needs are. Cool. And is that part of what you do in your practice is work with organizations to in, internally resolve some issues that might come up regarding diversity? Yes, we, we, we definitely handle a lot of issues around diversity, um, gender, race, disability, um, you know, just even even making sure that people with different you know, diagnoses are getting are getting to the table in the same way. And we often start with talking to key stakeholders talking to people just for an hour to see like what's going on with you uh, yeah. what do you think the needs are and and what are your recommendations and then from there getting everyone together in a room to figure things out cool that sounds great well I um, I'm happy to have you as a referral partner and I'm happy to have you on the show today so let's get into today's good vibes the first story comes from Shopify so Shopify actually laid out uh, is one of the tech companies that recently had a big layoff they laid off a thousand employees so I originally shared this as a piece of good vibes because I really love the letter that the CEO, Toby Lutke wrote to his employees. First, he really owned up to the mistakes he made, the risk he took in, in attempting to grow the company. And he apologized for, you know, essentially guessing wrong and, and betting wrong. Then he went ahead and shared some of the perks that employees, departing employees are still going to have access to, like internet, money for new hardware, opportunities to get employment opportunities elsewhere. And then he went ahead and reiterated the company's purpose two remaining employees. So I, I really like this story, but I'll be honest with you. I received an email today from someone who read the, read the piece and he said, you know what? This dude made $20 million last year and he cashed out more than $623 million in equity. So, you know, oh. maybe we should not be applauding this CEO. So, you know, I got it wrong. So I will, <laughs> I will be, sharing my apology in the next newsletter as well. Anyway, I still think there's some good news in this story. Oh yeah. I mean, growth, growth, you, you know, you're not, you're not going to necessarily see growth in, in every direction at one time, but, um, but it is great that the messaging has shifted. I mean, I can't speak to what the CEO you know, is doing, but oftentimes what we see, especially in conflict resolution or, or in general is like making sure that you get a sense of all the resources that are available to you, not just what historically has been. And it seems like well, that's what they're kind of doing here is, is making sure that they're supporting folks with a variety of resources, not just economic. That's exactly right. A whole variety of resources, kind of a, a holistic approach to resources, which I think is great. I mean, I think that there's something to be said here for a more humanitarian approach to layoffs. We certainly have seen other companies not do so well <laughs> in terms of their approach to layoffs. You know, I, I looked, I searched Twitter and I didn't see a lot of shade thrown towards Spotify in the tweets uh, before I wrote the newsletter. So, you know, I think overall people, you know, ex excluding the executive compensation piece, people seem to be okay with how this has been handled. Something to be learned. All right. So the next story is about Vice President Kamala Harris, 
who in a speech specifically said, I am Kamala Harris, my pronouns are she and her, and I'm a woman sitting at the table wearing a blue suit. And so this was a speech to disability advocates, but I still think it's really important and notable that someone in that level of leadership at the company used visual descriptors, which is a way to be inclusive of visually impaired folks, and also shared her pronouns. Like, I think this is a, a really nice precedent. Oh, 100%. 100%. I'm still, I mean, I think a lot of us are, are kind of on board with the pronouns or, or at least getting on board and seeing that more and more in Zooms and our email signatures and things like that. But what really struck me was was the description because a lot of us in this field and in this work, we're focused on inclusivity, but sometimes we can get, I'll speak for myself, sometimes I can get a little bit tunnel vision. You know, sometimes people on my team will be like, what? Hey, maybe to this video, we should add something that's like, we should add captions or we should add this or that. Um, and so it's it's important to to be thinking like holistically. And it's an important reminder, I think for, it was an important reminder for me. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's um I think it's always really important to be aware of what we don't know and constantly looking to expand our frame of reference. On, on another episode, I talked about my own mistakes regarding lack of accessibility within some of the image posts that were posted to the company page or some of the, the posts that were posted to this, our company's social media page. Now they have image descriptions. I mean, we're all learning, right? But I think when someone at this level is is putting herself out there in that way. And she got a lot of shade from right-wing media and politicians about this. It actually trended. But I think it's still a really a great story. Okay. She's going to get shade about anything <laughs> she does, though. So. Fair enough. Fair enough. Okay. The third story of this week is about how Disney has replaced the terminology being used for the bibbity bobbity boutique employees so bear with me on this one currently or prior to the pandemic because the boutiques were closed during the pandemic prior to the pandemic the employees who helped children play dress up with you know the, the cast members who helped uh, children play dress up they were called fairy godmothers in training so fairy godmothers in training, implying that these employees are women or mothers, right? So fairy godmothers in training. So now the new revised term for these cast members is fairy godmothers apostrophe S apprentices. So does that make sense? So the, the term is now, it's not that they're godmothers in training, it's that they are the godmothers apprentices, so possessive. So the term is now gender neutral as opposed to being specifically a gendered female term. So I appreciate this because Disney is, has actually done quite a few things to be more gender inclusive. Yeah, I, I had to I had to read it a couple of times. I'm like, wait a minute, what's the shift there? But it's 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 a really interesting passing of the baton, right? Thinking about the fairy godmothers as as a collective that that are looking for recruits and um and passing the baton. And I like the idea of even an apprenticeship. I can imagine them like in a in like a you know a workshop somewhere. You know, one of them one of them is is a blacksmith or something like that. But I, anyway, I I just I like <laughs> I like the imagery that that comes up for this. So kudos. Yeah, I absolutely agree. I think it's I think it's fun. You know, I think that the the kids are going to think it's fun. I think that it, you know, offers more cast members the ability to have these positions. You know, it's sort of win winning all around. 
All right. Next story comes from Pottery Barn, which has unveiled a line of furniture. Well, there are 150 pieces of their furniture, which have been redesigned specifically for people with disabilities. So most of these pieces of furniture were previously um, inaccessible. You know, for example, desks that weren't wide enough to fit a wheelchair. Now 150 pieces have been redesigned. I love this story. Yes, it's fantastic. I, I think I think another piece too is that I think we can all support these these pieces because we all benefit from things that have a broader range of access, right? Being able to move the mirror means that shorter people can use it, not just not just you know folks who may be in a wheelchair. Having having um, power lift in, in more chairs can mean that you know if we're injured or have a broken foot that we can use it, right? That not just Nana. I think all of these things. These types of these types of products are, are things that everyone should be supporting. That's exactly right. And you know what's really cool, Genesis, is that these products are the same price. So the power lift chair is the same price as the non-power lift chair. Uh, and you're exactly right. I mean, there's a lot of people that can benefit from from these products. I think that's really great that they're not making these a premium offering. I didn't know that. That's even that's even better. Yeah. All right. So the next story comes from HSBC Bank, which is uh, the UK version of the bank, which is also looking to be as gender free as possible. So the bank re- removed references and requests from for gender and some of its products. So now when someone's opening up certain bank accounts and mortgage products, there's no box asking gender. They have removed the labels husband and wife and replaced them with spouse. But why would why would husband and wife even have been in there in the first place? I don't know. Anyway, it it has simplified its procedures for changing names for transgender customers and and overall is moving towards a more gender-free customer experience. That's great. You know, just as you put in your your blog post, why are so many of these things gendered? It's so it's so antiquated, and it's it's from a system where um, a, a really old system where you have the head of the household who is expected to to do most of these things, and you have to have roles to define who has access to what. But that's so that's so sixty years ago. That's so ninety years ago, and I'm I'm glad that they're that a lot of these companies are finally coming around. Yeah, you know, Genesis, that's a good point because let me tell you, a lot of the themes of this newsletter are um, better late than never. (laughs) (laughs) Honestly, it's true because, you know, some of the stories we talk about were like, really? The first black person to do X? Like, really? Like, in some of these stories, I'm like, wow, we're we're there and I'm going to celebrate it because it's about building momentum. But yeah, this is an example of why is this even a thing? Totally, totally, and and I, I know we're running out of time, but but even 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 just thinking about spouses in general, I'm 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 not married, and so some I'll see a lot of documents that uh, assume that because I'm the age that I am, that I am married or divorced or something, and so there's just like again, the question is why? Like why? Like why? Like yeah. why do we need these? Why do we need these separators? Anyway. Exactly, exactly. Well, thank you so much for joining me on today's show, Genesis. It's been great catching up with you. And if you, uh, for those folks listening or watching, you can check out Genesis on LinkedIn, Genesis Fisher and fisherlawpractice.nyc. Thank you so much for joining for five things in 15 minutes. If you don't already get the five things newsletter, you can subscribe at five things, Thank you so much and have a great week. Bye everyone. Bye. 
Thank you for listening to 5 Things in 15 Minutes. I hope you found yourself inspired by at least one of this week's stories. If you did, would you mind sharing it with a colleague and leaving us a review on your favorite podcasting platform? And if you don't already get my 5 Things newsletter, join at 5thingsdei.com. I'm Bernadette Smith, and I'll see you next week right here for 5 Things in 15 Minutes, bringing good vibes to DEI.